Yes, Rollins, and today it's a dubbing art 3-4-1, a special show to start off a brilliant week. Today, we look at NXT UK and the latest on the WWE Network. And then Sunday, we've got NXT Update with Monty. Tuesday, the Hall of Fame with the dubbing art Dan. Thursday, the road to WrestleMania with Jaxie Scarlett. And then Saturday, NXT TakeOver with Monty. And then following that, we will have WrestleMania both nights uh, with Jaxie as well. But today we catch up on all the action. And first we're going to look at the WWE Network because there's been loads of the kind of new documentaries and stuff on there. And first up is Randy Orton on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. Now one of the quite interesting things, and of course as a podcast host myself, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin no longer does his podcast uh, and instead works for the WWE Network. And he said mainly it's because uh, it's a one-a-month a one deal and there's it, not so much kind of behind it where you know, have to do research, you just have to research on one certain person. I completely understand that and you can notice the change with WNR where we're kind of doing more recent stuff now than uh, you know, going back and having a uh, he thought he was the, as he said himself, he thought he was hot shit, and he thought, why is this motherfucker going to say something about me? I'm not going to listen to him, you know, and you can understand it, and you can say Randy Orton, you know, during that time, he says, you know, given the opportunity, uh, his dad, he talks about being kicked out of the Marines, you know, going AWOL, and his dad basically, you know, speaking to uh, Bruce Pritchard and JR, and saying, can, you know, can we get him in, maybe get him looked at? by Johnny Ace, went to Stanford for his kind of tryout, uh, and then he was signed, you know, and he's looking around in uh, FCW and the kind of developmental that you've got in OVW, and, um, you know, he said there's people here that, you know, kind of work for this, and, uh, you know, kind of it's, it's been their life, and for me it's kind of just been put there, and then coming up to the main roster, and you can, you know, they're teaming up with uh, Evolution, called Ric Flair and Triple H, and they get, you know, the shoulder... And uh, But even before that, we Undertaker on SmackDown when he was, you know, just debuted, kind of giving him more in the match and Vince McMahon being angry and Undertaker saying, uh, you know, I see something in this man. And they talk about, you know, the world title and what it meant at such a young age and all and saying at that point, you know, it was one of the best moments in his career. Uh, but it's weird to think, you know, was he ready for the title? And he even admits to himself, you know, he kind of wasn't. And the title was taken off him after just only a month because we know all about that. But, you know, this is the interesting story. And then going to WrestleMania 21 to face The Undertaker and uh, being out partying and missing the kind of run-through the night before and the day before and, you know, letting his dad down, letting The Undertaker down and, you know, Ricky Steamboat was there as well. And, uh, you know, Orton was thinking at the time. And then, you know, it got even worse because, you know, he's 05 to 07 is when he really experienced the kind of, you know, the drug problems and the, the kind of suspensions and everything like this. But he talks about kind of his best years, his best years being kind of 09 and 2020 now as well. Uh, and it's really quite interesting, you know, when you, you talk about um, the match with uh, Mick Foley as well, WrestleMania 20, kind of putting him on the map. And, you know, kind of respect for that. But even still, you know, he thought he was a good wrestler, but he still had to kind of do other things. He talks about Christian as well, even though Christian, of course, not in uh, WWE. And that's Orton's other year. He says how good he was was uh, 2011 due to Christian, how good he was putting stuff together. And that rivalry over the world title in the summer kind of uh, stole the show. And uh, he talks about, you know, Edge coming back and then doing the promos on Beth Phoenix. And that's when he kind of understood what those were about. And he about Stone Cold was really right. And how he kind of developed more into this character. And he sees feud with Drew McIntyre as well. And Orton saying, you know, if you look at it, you know, 14-time world champ. 
he's going to have another 10 years left in him and he wants to have a match with John Cena with Ric Flair's referee for the you know 16 titles and 16 titles who can break break 17 at WrestleMania I wouldn't bet against that if Orton still thinks 10 years you know people think well will he get to 16 there's no doubt in 10 years yes you know US title for you it was at WrestleMania but you talk about that it's going to be you know five or six uh, years and he will get another couple of reigns there's no doubt about it the other thing that was really enjoyable was kind of Orton seemed more personal he owned up for being a bit of a dick uh, when he was younger and the fact that he was drinking as well not only having uh, the stone cold beers but also you know shots of um, Jack Daniels which was uh, quite enjoyable and Orton seemed to open up and Austin just so good at what he does just makes the person seem uh, kind of so personable uh, you know that it's just such a good really check out even if you're not a fan of Randy Orton this might open the door a little bit and see something that maybe you haven't seen uh, before really really good stuff well up next it's the uh, WWE presented the top 50 women of course the WNR have presented uh, the top 25 women and recently as well the women's revolution from 2015 up to present day that you can go check out on the WNR podcast in the back but the top 50 women's list was announced. Uh, we could go through all programs. I think there was five altogether. And this is kind of old school WWE DVD type there you would get uh, beforehand. But what was quite interesting, you maybe had like five minute clips of, of the uh, wrestlers up until maybe the top uh, 15. And then it got extended. And of course, the last you know episode was 45 minutes long with just the last uh, five women as well. So... You can see a bit more extended, but we'll go for a list. The number 50 was Tony Storm, 49 was Kaylee, 8 was Kaylee Ray, of course, longest reigning NXT UK Women's Champion in history, 47 was Sonya Deville, 46 Shotzi Blackheart was a bit of a surprise, uh, 45 Kelly Kelly, 44 Candice LeRae, 43 Nikki Cross, 42 Layla, 41 Ember Moon, 40 Eve Torres, 39 Lacey Evans, 38 Jazz, 37 Maurice, 36 Nia Jax, 35 Bianca Belair. 34, Carmella. 33, Gail Kim. It's nice to see her on the list. 32, Jacqueline. 31, Kari Sane. 30, Naomi. 29, Bull Nakano. 28, Ivory. 27, Melina. 26, The Bella Twins. 25, Io Shirai. She will be up that list <laughs> in a few years' time. Uh, 24, Luna Vachon. 23, Stephanie McMahon. Sick. 22, Michelle McCall. 21, Rhea Ripley. 20, Natalia. 19, AJ Lee. Could argue maybe a bit further up. 18, Shania Baszler. 17, Paige. The same with her as well. 16, Sable. 15, Molly Holly. 14, Victoria. 12, Mickey James. 11, Beth Phoenix. And then into the top 10. Number 10 is Bailey. Number 9, Ronda Rousey. 8 is Lita. 7 is Lundra Blaze. 6 is Sasha Banks. 5 is Oscar. 4 is China. 3 is Becky Lynch. 2 is Charlotte. And number 1, Trish Stratus now. Personally, um, I you know the, the top six there you could interchange and maybe Ronda Rousey if she ever does come back could jump in there. The same with Bailey, Alondra Blaze is another one as well during that generation. But I think Trish Stratus is a safe pair of hands at number one because you haven't kind of got the the Charlotte Flair and the turn against her. Of course, you haven't got the argument with China uh, and Oscar in the top five as well, beating out Sasha Banks. I mean, that is an argument over and over. Uh, and what we're going to do is discuss a little bit more of the top 50 women with uh, Jaxie on the Road to WrestleMania episode. Uh, and a woman who was on that list at number 11, Phoenix, had her new program, WWE Icons. It's the second episode. First one was about Yokozuna. Uh, and this was very, very interesting. And one of the things I really liked about it was love the detail in her getting to WWE. I thought this might be a showcase of what she's done. Uh, but instead of that, 
you know, kind of done it a little bit earlier from that and just telling how much of a struggle, you know, trying to get signed to the WWE, having to go through. Uh, Molly Holly was, you know, she knew Jason Sensation, who knew uh, Molly Holly, who kind of got a retract. They didn't sign her from that, but they signed Gail Kim, who debuted on TV, instantly won the uh, the women's title that very night. And having to go through it, getting a, her shot on a SmackDown and having a few matches, but then getting an injury uh, where basically she broke her jaw and then had to take time off, went back down to uh, the developmental and, of course, then built up the Glamazon character, uh, had a ladder match and then built it from there. But there was a lot of other detail. One of the details I really liked was her you know, body uh, image issues and, of course, being inspired by China as well, you know. Um, we see her as well going through a, a house with a ring gear and saying everything that meant to her. Um, WrestleMania 3, of course, was her first moment that she remembers that she really wanted to be a wrestler. She managed to get her to a live event May 22nd, 1995 of Raw. We actually see the pictures as well up there, which is really, really cool, you know. Also, uh, in 1996, she became the first woman wrestler to be a part of her team as well. And then China debuts in 97. That kind of changes the way she thinks that she can go. You know, she always said she's not one of those who uh, dressed up in makeup. And, you know, that kind of thing, she wants to become strong. And, and it really, really helped her. Of course, the person that trained her was Ron Hutchinson, where she finally got uh, helped people train Edge, Christian, and, of course, Trish Stratus. Uh, we see her in Tough Enough, that was her first time. And, of course, uh, having her first tryout. And then being signed uh, to WWE a little bit later on. You know, Tommy Dream was saying he's instrumental, ringing them and saying, you know, I've got you a job here. But the Glamazon character really, really changed it. And then coming up to the main roster, winning the... Uh, the, the championship as she did. You know, it was a really, really big moment in her career team, not being Italia as well, as the Divas of Doom. You know, it was really, really cool stuff. They talk about how, you know, the talking heads talk about how kind of changed women's wrestling from what it was to make it kind of more interesting. Uh, and again, it's a really, really good program because then you get the detail of her walking and not going away because she wasn't happy with where the product was going. You know, she had the very first Divas table match, but she felt it wasn't getting much chance in this division uh, and decides to walk away from it all. You know, and then she kind of gets the um, the call to come back. And I, and I even I forgot, you know, the women's rumble, you know, cracking her head open with bleeding everywhere. Edge thought she looked like a badass, but, you know, in her return. But she realised, you know, the kind of importance to what the fans meant and everybody knew kind of her toughness and, and she is one of those who kind of maybe flies under the radar a little bit but it is kind of one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time because of the way she changed it and her image and the way it was as well it is definitely a program to go check out uh, on the network because um, it is really happy one of the other weird things well Santa Morella, uh, Santina Morella is talking heads and the fact that he's not putting on an accent is probably one of the first times that anybody's ever heard him in the, on WWE show you know, uh, out of character. But this is more about Beth Vigilante, who's with China, you know, being the second woman in the Royal Rumble, competing in an Intercontinental title match, you know, these types of things as well. And it's just a great program, a relationship with her kids and what the family means to her now as well. Uh, definitely something to check out on WWE Icons. A really, really good show. All right, on to NXT UK. We've got two episodes to cover here today. Uh, we start off with March 25th. Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness welcome fans to NXT UK. We kick Van Gogh with a Supernova Sessions with Noam Dar. His guest this week is Trent Seven. Dar revisits Seven's match with Jordan Devlin last week, where he unsuccessfully challenged for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Seven admits that it's been hard to put in all this work just to lose another title. Dar interjects by saying if anyone deserves a Cruiserweight title shot, it should have been him before Seven. 
Seven corrects Style by saying he's one of the founding fathers in its UK. He tells him he better watch his step since Style will be facing his moustache mountain partner Tyler Bate in two weeks. Things start to heat up. Dahl brings out Shah Samuel. Seven continues to run. He's off towards Dahl before he's kicked off Supernova Sessions. And Dahl made a great point. Uh, OG in the 205 Live uh, division. Of course, competed in the CWC tournament. On Raw, when the Cruiserweights were a part of that as well. Let's not forget, he's appeared on SmackDown. He'd been in NXT and, of course, NXT UK. I think Dar's one of the most underappreciated wrestlers. Been in WWE now for five years. He's got the personality to have his own kind of chat show. He's got the character to have good matches. You know, there's no doubt, prelude, you know, he's going to be watched by a lot more people in normal NXT UK. There's no surprise they put Naam Dar there because the general fan of the past five years will know who he is. Uh, Trent was okay in this. He was better up. I do love Shah pairing with Dar. It does work out. Shah Samuels is a great character. There's a kind of, uh, I don't want to say like a, a Diesel Saw Michaels S, but there's something with that relationship which is really nice. That would work on the main roster. And then Sis Scarlett informs Ginny that she and Piper Niven will be banned from ringside during Jack Stars and Joseph Connors' match tonight. Uh, before their colossal match on NXT UK prelude, we look at Walter's vigorous reign. Last week, Rampage Brown came out initially to challenge for a shot at the NXT UK champion. Like Robbie Brookside, Fit Finley, Dave Taylor, and winning Regal weigh in on who they think they win this match. This was great. I mean, yes, yeah, a bit of a shame they've announced Champa versus Walter for the NXT UK title before this, but hey, let's go with it at this moment in time. And then we get Jack Stars versus Joseph Connors. Uh, Joseph Connors traps Jack Stars' arm right after the bell rings. Uh, Stars twist out the lock-up that we start. This time, Connors goes for a wrist lock, turns it into an arm lock takedown. Stars reverses out with a slide pin, but Connors kicks out. Stars with several big uppercuts for going up and over towards the outside. Stars drops Connors with an explosive sound for another near fall. Connors turns it around with a textbook DDT. Connors warns Stars that his 15 minutes of fame are up after he plants a hangman's net breaker, and Connors looks for the cover. One... Two, three. Connors picks up the win. I'm not really digging Connors, but they are continuing with it, so let's see where it goes. I mean, I do love the Regal gimmick when Regal did it, but the arm around and the kind of hand up in the air, it's just kind of, I suppose, imitation is a service form of flattery. And Stars is impressive again. He's gone a long way since a slap heard round the world. This was a good match. We see pretty deadly ready to defend the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. They'll start the Raper Challenge next week. Do you know what? I like them. And uh, backstage, Jack Styles apologised to Piper Niven for losing this match. She tells him that it's okay. She says they'll get back in the ring and train some more this week. And then gives them a hug. This was very, very sweet. And then Josh Morrell and Danny Jones versus Primate and T-Bone with Eddie Dennis. This is T-Bone's England debut in the hump. And Morrell escapes and makes a tag on Jones. Jones lands a step up in Seguri. T-Bone decks him and then drives him into the canvas. Primate is back in. He comes crashing in with a massive splash off the top. And then Primate crashes on top of Jones and picks up the pinfall victory. Winners, Primate and T-Bone. This is an extended squash. But Eddie Dennis, as a manager, really, really works. There are better teams in NXT UK, but the young boys took their bumps. Well, a NXT UK Performance Centre, Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams are playing for their match against Pretty Deadly next week. That is going to end badly. And then Leia James versus Isla Dawn. Uh, Dawn stretches James out, but she wiggles out and plants another drop kick off the ropes. Will that be enough to keep Dawn down? No. Dawn kicks out again. James heads to the top rope and drops down with a big cross body. Another cover, another two count. Dawn charges towards James with two suplexes, followed by a bridge pin. James does not want to get her shoulders up in time, and Dawn successfully wins the match. And Isla Dawn is your winner. This is all about Dawn. This is an okay match. And just before contract is up, Zaya Brookside makes Nina Samuels clean up the NXT UK Performance Centre restroom. Um, is Zaya turning heel? Because she has been a real brat, you know. 
And during the break, we see Isla Dawn in a state. The ex Hugo Women's champion, Kaylee Ray, runs into her. Ray says something to Dawn that doesn't sit well with her. Dawn turns around and stares at her. Ray leaves immediately. Uh, then we get kind of weird camera trips. It looks like the title match is happening. This is weird. And next week, it's going to be Amir Jordan and Kelly Williams. And it will be the first team to challenge pretty deadly for the NXT UK Championships. But now, it's the main event. It's a no disqualification match. It's Aya Dragunov versus Sam Gradwell. And this should be good. As Sam Gradwell now coming to the ring, talking smack. You yogurt! Now, I really like Sam Gradwell. And, of course, there's similarities between him and Char Samuels. And just because you're loudmouth hills, and it's different because Gradwell's more northern. And, uh, of course, Char Samuels standard butcher. Uh, so, it's different characters. But Gradwell's been pushing our dragon off. For anybody that's not been watching it in the UK, he's been pushing him. The story Dragunov is ever since his loss to Volta for the NXT UK Championship, it's kind of sent him on a different pathway. I don't know if it was the slaps or the damage that he's took, but he's not been right. And in every match since, it all started with a slap during it, and he just kinds to go to a different place and has not been in control. And he's been doing this the past uh, few weeks. And of course, Sam Gradwell's a man who's seen this and thinks he was a clever start for Gradwell trying to get it done early and like I said there is bad blood here but Gradwell you know look at him looks great kind of got the military trunks on got the mohawk and he is absolutely fantastic shape you talk about great shape he's Iron Dragon off as well and he has been taking it to that next level and sometimes you talk about aggression but he can't control it but nice take down there and a running knee in the corner and this is another thing about NXT UK you know might go under the radar but it has been delivering great great wrestling as I with a huge Leaping boot to the face. Sounds Gradwell to the outside. And you can see the redness on the faces already. There's no punches pulled here. Well, this is no DQ. As Gradwell's already got the chair. He can't use it. His eye is too quick. And what's more dangerous than our dragon off in this state is him with a chair in his hand. Might have dislodged a couple of teeth of Gradwell. Now, Sam begging off and Aya's not going to use it. And you can see he's in control at the moment. But would the Ayer, who maybe goes to that different uh, lengths and depths, be able to use it? And Gradwell now just trying to make it gets the other side. And he's trying to grab another chair, but stopped again. Ayer's not going to take any shortcuts. And now he's going to try and get him in a waist slot. But Gradwell got a bit of size. Trying to use the elbows to get away there. Nice headbutt to the midsection. Throws him outside, but Ayer 619's back in. And a big lariat. And I calming himself down as he goes on. You can see it. <laughs> his, his eyes and his face just saying, come on now. As he puts him in position looking to go up. But Gradwell now getting out of harm's way. So you can't get me from there. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> I had dragging off there. Coast to coast taking Gradwell out. Well, Sam thought he was being clever. And I at the moment. He's got that look in his eyes. And here he comes. But Gradwell's got the bell. Oh! And you heard it ring up against the wrist. I think the wrist of the forearm might be broken. The elbow. Well, Gradwell, would you say he maybe lured him in? Position. And now underneath the ring, he's got some cable. Oh, my God. He's just whipping the face. Back of the ear. And now onto the back. Well, both men aren't holding back. And now Gradwell choking Aya. And he's in all sorts of trouble. Gradwell has turned the tables. Oh, he's trying to fight back. Oh, my word. Well, caught in the teeth and then whipped down. And that's paid back for the one earlier. Referee's just checking. Gradwell saying, what? It's a no disqualification match. 
Maybe this is what Sam wanted. So Gradwell going to a different place here tonight. Now Gradwell got the chair. Asking Ida to come up. But a nice forearm. But the damage already done. Now chair to the midsection a couple of times by Gradwell. Got the underhook suplex onto the chair. You see the pain in the eyes of Ida. And Gradwell, I believe it. The toughness. Or Gradwell wondering what's to do. And now he's going to the turnbuckle. He's going to undo it. Ida's still feeling the pain. You can see the uh, marks on his back. Well, you usually see the top turnbuckle done, but now Gradwell's done the second one as well. He's picking him up by the ears. He's, oh, he's going to send Aya, but Aya blocking himself. He's supposed turnbuckle, and then a lovely roll through by Aya, working the f elbows to the face. Now coming back round as well. Got him in a guillotine, but Gradwell using his strength and putting on an exposed turn. And Gradwell now going to go up. He's going to make Aya pay. And these two gladiators fighting on top. Been a war of attrition so far. There's no doubt about that. But Iron now with a suplex. Inverted down. Gradwell hitting the canvas. Iron now on top. <laughs> Gradwell throwing the turnbuckle. And Iron then dropping him down. Don't know if his face hit the exposed turnbuckle. But then Gradwell forearm smash. Iron hits the barricade. You see Gradwell now laughing. This is brutal. You can see the red marks. Oh my god. And that one right there looks really, really painful. And that's the one Gradwell hones in on. And Gradwell now giving punishment. But this might not be a good idea. Because I does go to that different place. As he boxes, blocks the uh, forearm shot. Oh my god. And a huge clothesline. By Aya. And Gradwell just flops up against the apron. Drops back down. And now Aya. Trying to make the arm work. As he pulls the stairs. Into position. And um, this does not look good. For Sam Gradwell. Gradwell panics to look on his face. I is going to smash him with the stairs. He's going to do it. I can't see Gradwell anymore. He sees Volta's face. No, controls himself. Luckily, but Gradwell takes advantage. Using a steel chair. Nice crab, but <laughs> managing to block the chair. And then a step up in Zaguri. And now I are going to German suplex him on the outside. Of course, no pinfalls on the outside, only in ring. Looks like a hurricane's blew through the arena with the amount of uh, you know stairs, chairs, and debris everywhere. A second German suplex to Gradwell. You can see the uh, sweat mark where he landed. Not much protection, and Gradwell just holding on to that apron for dear life. He's been a hardly been in the ring in this matchup, and now I grabbing the hand, bit of joint minute play, and then just slaps to the back. That's what you call it. And now I a huge knee to the midsection. Oh, went for the double palm strike, but Gradwell again blocked. Begging off, and Gradwell saying he's a dad, please don't hurt him. He's playing my games with Aya. He made a mistake, he's sorry. What a hill he is, as he kicks out Aya's leg from out of his leg. This is a real sound, Gradwell picking up Aya, dragging off now. No. Oh, my God. Death Valley driving the still stairs. Taken. Oh. Oh my god, you can see the blood from the back anyway. And now again on the steel stairs. Ah, oh, Dragunov, the punishment he takes is unbelievable. My god, the red marks and Gradwell. Gonna take advantage, throws Ayer in. And this could be very much the end. Into the cover. One, two, no. Well, Gradwell's disbelief. Ayer somehow is in this. And what a story these two men have told as well. There's no doubt about it. My god, we see replay again. Absolutely sickening. But Gradwell's not happy throwing a chair in. Well, make that another couple. That's Gradwell now. 
just building that up in the middle of the ring. He's got bad intentions for our Dragunov. There's no doubt about it. Well, there's over half a dozen chairs all potted there. I is holding his forearm and his back must be in peril. Well, Gradwell slaps him and said, this is it. Picks him off again. That Death Valley driver, but I are fighting with everything he's got left. He knows this could be the end. Managing to turn it to a huge knee to Gradwell. Went for the back kick, but shot to the midsection. Gradwell seems to control his exposed turnbuckle there. Gradwell gets sent into it. Now, our Dragunov picks up Gradwell and a huge press slam. Gradwell lands with the chairs and Aya. Oh, no, Aya. Well, he might be going for the Johnny Gagano war for most punishment taken in the match. This is getting somewhere else now. Gradwell on the chairs. Aya, he's three quarters away across the... <laughs> Diving sent on. Gradwell moved out of the way. Aya Dragunov crashed and burned. Oh, my God. Look at the welts on his back. Gradwell into the cover. This has got to be it, surely. One, two. Oh, my God. Well, first, don't call me Shirley. Gradwell cannot believe it. What is it going to take? I don't know. I don't know. I uh, will be down. Gradwell now wondering what's it going to take. It's like the Terminator. One big move might finish this now. I are barely managing to move about. I are now struggling to get to his feet. And Gradwell now... Going to chop him in the back. No thought against it. Well, he didn't do it to the back because he knew it would remind him of what Volta did. So instead, just slapping him in the face. Uh-oh. And that slap again. Gradwell reminds him what he's done. It's like Bruce Hulk. Well, Gradwell now has got to fight fire with fire. But he's in trouble. Pick up takedown. Gradwell on the chairs. Sam's trying to fight off. And I am now like a monster. Great visual. And a kick to the face of Gradwell. I with the chair. Oh my God. Once, twice, three times. Like gunshots in the empty arena. Oh my God. The red marks four times. Ira has lost it. Well, Gradwell tried so well up until a point. Oh my God. I picks him up. Slams him down. And again follows him with the elbows. Now the forearms. Gradwell can't respond. Referee's got to do something about it. The bell stoppage. But Aya continuing. Well, referee tell him to stop. It's not Gradwell. He's seeing. It's Voltaire he's seeing. He's seeing the NXT UK title. He's lost it. I mean, he's beating Gradwell here, but that's not the point. The thing is, the marks and the 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 block the, the shots this and the blood on the back of uh, Dragon off the damage that he's taken. Is nothing compared to what's going on inside the mind of this madman. Taking it to another level. He knows he is. And he's probably one of the most interesting characters in all of wrestling at the moment. Is our Dragon. There's no doubt about that. What a fantastic, brutal matchup. Told the story of Sam Gradwell being this shit hill that we know he is. As in, he's a great hill. But, you know, begging off and, you know, trying to take all the shortcuts. And that beautiful visual as well of the chop to the back. Gradwell knew as soon as he hit that, Aya was in all sorts of trouble. And the punishment Aya took, you know, a shot to the stairs, a shot to the chairs. It's a really, really interesting story. Gradwell loses nothing in this because Aya is going to work his way up. And maybe Gradwell versus Aya Dragunov is a match we're going to see for the NXT UK title, you know, in a year, a couple of years' time. There's no doubt at least definitely got the look personalities and the storyline at the moment it'd be interesting to see what they do with Sam wouldn't mind to see him picking up a, a few victories now but um 
As for Aya, I mean, the story's there. As soon as there's an next takeover in front of fans, NXT UK, they've got to put Aya Dragon off versus Volta. This man is different level now. And even the selling of the arm, as referee raises it, you know the damage that he took. But Aya Dragunov is a sick, sick man. Uh, but he's victorious here on NXT UK. Great, great episode. We move on to the second of eight pro. We get the normal intro to start. Our first match is Eva Valkyrie versus Stevie Turner. Stevie Turner making the NXT UK debut. Um, uh, Eva locks up in a standing side headlock before Stevie takes her down and locks in a side headlock of her own before hitting a snapmare into a straight armbar. Eva comes back with a drop kick into an axe kick and Stevie takes her down with a single leg while stomping a kick in the leg of Eva. Stevie rounds the knee of Eva into the mat before Eva hits a missile drop kick for two before hitting an axe kick into the insecure for two for Stevie hits a backstabber. Stevie then face washes Aoife before Aoife drops with a roundhouse kick and goes up top for hitting a finisher for the pin and the win. Aoife Valkyrie defeats Stevie Turner. It's a nice debut for Stevie as she's got really good upside. It's an enjoyable match. It told both stories well. Cool Stevie with the youthful exuberance making a debut and cool Aoife being the kind of star that uh, the NXT UK Women's Division is trying to build up. We then see A-Kid reflecting on winning the Heritage Cup. And then Piper Niven, who has excellent taste in hats, gets Jack Stars to unleash his rage. We Our next match is then TMN versus Josh Morrell. Well, TMN rings the arm of Josh before Josh drop kicks him and uh, backs him into the corner before he gets a slap. Josh then runs the ropes until Mian takes out the legs of Josh. He then hits a basement drop kick and stomps the leg of Josh for hitting a sliding forearm and then wrenching the head and neck. He then hits a handspring back elbow for exchange strikes until Josh hip tosses Tierman for two. And Tierman gets knees up when Josh goes for a standing moonsault. Tierman then kicks out the legs of Josh and hits a missile drop kick into a pair of stomps to the front and back before locking in a cross face for the tap and the win. Tierman defeats Josh Morrell via submission. I'm going to say this now. Josh Morrell is my one to watch. Just think about me. Athleticism, the way he lands on his feet all the time. Very underrated. I know a lot of people talk about Nathan Fraser. And, uh, and of course, you know, you've got people in AEW like, uh, you know, Ray Phoenix. It's, you know, but I think Josh Morrell is going to be one of those one day. You've heard it here first. Uh, Tim is just finding his feet. He's vicious um, with a style which kind of reminds me of Andrade as a hill, you know, with kind of the chops and the slaps and that kind of demeanour. We then get a sit-down interview with NXT UK United Walter uh, and their challenger for its title. Rampage Brown ahead of the match next week at Prelude. Rampage Brown says that this is his job, and Volta says, that is the difference, this is his job for you, this is my life. Rampage Brown said he's beaten Volta before when he first came to England, he did it before, and he'll do it again, but Volta's been waiting. Brown doesn't want the rub, though, and he will not, and Volta won't respect him because it's his sport, and you'll never be champion. Really good stuff building towards this matchup. We then get a video package for Gallus training for Wolfgang participates in an underground cage fight. I quite like that as well. And then the NXT UK Women's Champion, Kaylee Ray, is in the ring, where she talks about how she's going to be NXT UK Women's Champion forever before she trips by Amaya McKenzie. Uh, Amir comes out of the ramp and can pass right now. Isla Dawn comes out of nowhere and attacks Amir before Miko comes out in the four-woman brawl with Rico and Amir clearing the ring. Uh, I think you should have Teddy Long come out and say, it's going to be a tag team match player. 
Uh, and then we come back for a break as assistant to the general manager, Sis Scullin, informs Kayleigh Ray and Isla that there will be a tag team match against Miko and Mackenzie next week on NXT Prelude. And speaking of Prelude, we also get the final hype for Dar versus Bait, which will rule. And in the main event of this episode's NXT UK Tag Team Championship, it's Pretty Deadly versus Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan. And the story going into this is Pretty Deadly, of course, beat Gallus for the tag team titles. And they want to prove they're not just one and done. It wasn't a fluke. They need to be taken seriously. So they're doing this open challenge. The better story at the moment is the one with Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan. Because Kenny Jordan has been injured for quite a while uh, and they were teaming up. He was putting them in a kind of impossible situations. He was uh, with Amir Jordan against Tyson T-Bone. And Jordan was somehow coming out on top, which kind of annoyed Kenny. And I mean, obviously, since the return from injury. And Kenny kind of wants to take shortcuts and Amir saying, no, let's not do it. They became number one contenders because of a bit of skullduggery from Williams. Uh, and the story going into this one is Amir Jordan said, if we're going to win the titles, let's win it straight up rather than cheating and pretty deadly kind of want to prove that they belong at this stage as well. Well, Lewis and Amir start the match off before Sam is quick to come in. Amir backs off so he can't be double teamed before Sam beats on Amir in the corner. Amir gets out of the corner, hits a pair of drop kicks before Sam tags in Lewis as Kenny tags himself in a lock up with Lewis back and Kenny in the corner. Lewis drops Kenny with a shoulder block and hits a hip toss for PD double team Kenny for two before Amir and Kenny clear the ring as uh, PD regroup at ringside. Lewis and Sam isolate Amir and keep him away from Kenny till he gets a hot tag and hits a hurricane runner for a near fall. Amir sends Lewis over the top rope and down on the floor. Amir comes in and Sam kicks them both before PD hit crossing swords for a near fall before Kenny hits a face buster into a swamp tom bomb for Amir. Kenny hits Lewis with a DDT for a near fall before Lewis hits a jaw break and tags Sam before Amir comes in and Sam DDT and then the referee is taken out and here we go. Will this be the time? Kenny with a huge clothesline. All four men are down. Well this is the bottom of the ninth and what's going to happen here? Tag team titles on the line and Kenny Williams smirking and kind of looking around. He's got an idea, it looks like, going to the outside and grabbing one half, or grabbing both title belts. Well, and Jordan said to him, you don't want to do this. He notices now. Kenny's saying to Amir, hit him with a belt. Amir, hit him with a top, we'll become champions. Amir saying, no, he doesn't want to do it like this. And William's saying, if you're not going to do it, I'll do it. Amir doesn't want to cheat. This story's been really good. Amir's really likeable. He doesn't want to go to the dark. And Kenny's saying, if you don't want to do it, let's not do it. Throws the title away. Well, he's got the other championship now saying, no, what? Kenny Williams just hit his partner in the back with a title. Referee can't see it. And Williams has betrayed his best friend. What is that about? He won't cheat to win the title. So what are you going to do? Hit him in the back. Williams looking on pretty deadly now. And looking for the spilt milk. Hit it into the cover. And pretty deadly is still your tag team champions. But it's not about that. It's with a good match up until Kenny Williams. Turned on Amir Jordan. How dare you do that, sir? The tag team titles mean more. And of course, the, tag, the referee's looking for the title belts. William used it. Well, he's calling him stupid, but I don't understand. Well, there you go. Lewis Howley looking for the title. Gives Sam Stoker his. Well, it's so close. And it happened after the ref bump. All four men down. And William's made the decision to use the title belt. And this has been coming for a long time. It's been great storytelling on NXT UK's part. And William's finally... Stabbing his tag team partner in the back. Amir Jordan did do it this way. And then finally we see the replay of the shot to the back. And even the Sam Stoker selling it as well. I mean, it was played well from all four. Yeah, it, was a, it was a great match. It was deserving of the main event. There's no doubt about it. Amir wants to do right. We don't cheat. Uh, we have been waiting for this. Um, 
I do feel like they might back Kenny over Amir, but, you know, Amir's got this kind of baby face look about him that's really, really enjoyable. But yes, boy, pretty deadly continuing their run. But NXT UK is a bit of a heel tag heavy, so maybe we'll look at uh, faces. Of course, we're going to deal with a fallout as well with Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams, but another good episode. And I can't wait for Prelude. And like we talk about Prelude, we've got three big matches. Of course, Mackenzie and Satamora versus Kaylee Ray and Isla Dawn. You've got Tyler Bate versus Noam Dar. And to finish it off, the NXT UK Tag Team title, Rampage Brown, Volta. Um, and we'll bring that, of course, with you when we do NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. But that is it. Don't forget to cross all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR. WNR also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email, the WNR Podcast at gmail.com. And YouTube, the WNR Podcast, with all the latest clips and podcasts at the same time. And YouTube, as you do SoundCloud on your phone. And also Spotify and iTunes, make a download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that's it. Next episode will be it's NXT Update with Monty. And then Tuesday, Hall of Fame with Dan. Thursday, Road to WrestleMania with Jaxi. And then Saturday, NXT TakeOver with Monty. And we'll look at NXT UK Prelude as well. But until then, I have been Jay's Rollins. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy WrestleMania week. And don't forget to listen to the WNR. Bye. <laughs>